Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. Welcome to Switched On Pop. I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. One of my favorite artists right now is Rina Sawayama. She works with her producer Clarence Clarity to make this mashup of sounds from the late 90s and early aughts, in particular recasting Max Martin pop with new metal, two styles that don't usually converge. And she makes these very compelling songs with a strong anti-consumerist message. I spoke with Rina Sawayama last summer about her debut eponymous album, Sawayama, and she shared with me the stories behind her songs XS and STFU. Yes, the F stands for what you think it does in case you've got kiddos around. Here's my chat with Rina. Over the past couple of weeks, I've really been enjoying this album, Sawayama, by the artist Rina Sawayama. She works with her producing partner, Clarence Clarity, to make this very postmodern mashup of all of the different sounds that were happening in the late 90s and early aughts. And she, in particular, recasts the sound of new metal in really creative and fun ways. I recently gave her a ring to talk about two of my personal favorite songs, STFU and XS. Hey, Rena, thanks for chatting with me. Let's just jump right into your music. What is going on with the multiple sounds in STFU? I really liked the sort of duality of the intensity of like the, the intro and the verse. And suddenly breaking down something very sweet with like, you know, like sweeping chimes and piano and whatever. Honestly, like I wasn't like, yeah, let's write like an angry song. It just flowed. And yeah, I guess that's sort of the mystery of songwriting is sometimes you'll sit there and scratch your head for hours and, you know, have the worst day ever thinking like you can't write anything. And then another day you'll just come out with something that obviously your heart wants to write mm. forever. Um, but you have no idea how it sort of came out. You talk about this this duality of these really heavy sounds and these much lighter sounds. What does it mean for you to reference those really heavy riffs? I guess production is always like such a good vehicle for the melody to be heard and to be enhanced as much as possible. And so when I heard that, I wanted to do something that was mm, a kind of evanescency, mm. I guess. When I was like, I don't know how old I was, but when I was young, yeah, like evanescence was number one for like ages. Wake me up, wake me up inside. 
and then we had tattoo and this pop that had a really heavy backdrop mm. to it. I think it's really interesting when you're able to like hold together a song that is like so different in certain parts um, and give it like a really strong personality that's not too referential and actually does something new or says something new. That was yeah, sort of like my goal for this song. Yeah, I'm catching a real new metal vibe. How do you feel about that association with the genre? Yeah, I can't, I guess I kind of love it and it, it cracks me up because new metal, I, you know, it was like, a, I guess like a blend of like heavy, heavy metal, pop and rap and rock. It's like quite chaotic if you think about it. But yeah, I love referencing that, but then adding an element of like maybe Jojo circa 2003. And sort of making our own because new metal, I don't think was very cool, but it was dominating the charts. I think me and Clarence in general like to reference things that are sort of in hindsight quite deeply uncool <laughs> and try and make it something cool. The new metal era that you're referencing was quite self-serious. And you have a you have a way of approaching songwriting which feels both uh, from a place of intuition drawing on your influences but also with a, a great deal of fun is your use of those sounds any kind of like reclamation of, of that earlier work is it a way of recontextualizing music that had a very different intent yeah that's a good question like i think especially with metal it's very masculine it's very yeah it's very serious i've always found metal really funny and i guess there is some satire to it you know like I, I hope that metal fans find it funny because I, I find it really funny. It's often quite performative. Yeah, I mean, the performance of it and just like, just the chaos of it. You have this wonderful moment about halfway through the song where you have this totally evil, maniacal laugh that turns into a melody. <laughs> Can you tell me about that moment? It literally just kind of came out of me in the same way that like the the hook of STFU like came out. I remember being like to Clarence, like, what if I went, so why don't you just sit down and shut the fuck up, shut the fuck <laughs> And I was like, that's so ridiculous. And he laughed at it. And I was like, yeah, that means we should put it in. And I think anything that sort of, you know, makes you laugh should be in a song. This seems to be another real ju juxtaposition between the original aesthetics of new metal, which were quite self-serious, focusing on a lot of anger, pent-up anger, frustration. Mm -hmm. And here, laughter, almost parody, seems to be the goal. Yeah, for sure. The whole record, for me, is like a parody of... And I don't... And like... I want to say parody in the sense that like drag makes a parody out of very serious issues. And I'm really inspired by like drag in that sense and sort of making light of heavy things or making light of a musical movement. And yeah, even though we we went in really hard on this record just in general and was very serious about getting it done, I hope people do feel like a sense of tongue in cheek and the way that we've sort of pulled together all these different references and definitely references that people don't necessarily think are cool. One of my favorite satires is the song Excess. Mm. 
Can you tell me about how this song came about? Yeah, so the excess, I guess, as the title suggests, I mean, you're going to start to think that it's about something about small, being small, but I'm talking about and mocking sort of the excessive consumption culture that we have whilst sort of making it sound like a flex song. And a lot of people have commented being like, yeah, I love this song. It's like a flex song. And I can imagine it. Imagine listening to it with my, you know, like in my convertible, in my Mercedes or whatever, my Tesla. But I'm, that's sort of the, what I'm mocking. Um, and that appears as sort of like that every four bar, there's like this metal riff and, and like the sort of injection of uh, chaos that comes in. And that is meant to throw people off in like the best way possible, but then also keep them in the song as well. And so that was really mm. fun to mix, actually, just to sort of push the boundaries of like, what is too metal? And what is too jarring? And then what is just just jarring enough? And I think we've struck the balance, but even in the lyrics as well, it's sort of a song that, you know, plays around and... Uh, pretends that it's talking about one thing, but it's talking about another. And I, I love songs yeah. like that where there's like depth and sort of replay value. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. Excess is, as you point out, a, a a criticism of consumer culture. How do you square working in the world of pop music, which is so celebrity and consumer focused, with this satire? Yeah, I guess I'm definitely mocking myself because I'm probably in one of the most or more consumptive or over-consuming industries. And... It's definitely not good. And I, I kind of wrote that song while I was in a serious climate grief because the only sort of way um, to move forward was to, for me, make fun of it. Not make fun of, like, you know, where the world's headed, but it's just make fun of, like, human behaviour around and the responses uh, to the fact that global warming is accelerating. And I used to get very angry at things, and I still definitely get very angry at things, but the emotion that quickly follows it for me to sort of digest it is to make it funny well it is much more palatable i think as a listener to hear a song which you know it's it's, it's not a song that's um hey you're a climate denier and i hate you it's caked in this larger as you as you pointed out sort of like flex kind of trope mm -hmm. which makes it at first very listenable mm -hmm. and then you spend one moment thinking about it like oh wow this is this is pretty profound oh thank you <laughs> Yeah, I love playing like that. I think that's just like the sort of beauty of songwriting is that you can sort of take the take the listener on a journey um, however you want to, really. And this whole record for me was like so fun to write in that sense. And sort of even when I was writing Excess with, you know, Nate Campany and Kyle Shearer, like they work a lot on 
you know, uh, Carly Rae Jepsen stuff and Ali X. And they're sort of, you know, very much based in LA. And I, I just finished F- STFU. And I was like, I need is I want to write a song that's going to be before this or after this on the record. So it sort of needs to f- have similar elements, but not be too similar. And I remember showing it to them and they were like laughing. And I said, why don't we have like crazy metal stabs like every four bars and make it super obnoxious, but then the rest uh, rest of it's Pussycat Dolls. And they just thought I was crazy. But it's one of those things that you just like got to keep working on it. And that song took different revisions. But at the end, like I'm really happy with how it sounds. It's all about like making your collaborators like have fun with the song and also pushing and pulling and making sure you're getting like the best song possible rather than being like too ego- egotistical about it or you know the producer mm. getting too hung up on how they think a pop song should sound um and i know that all of them really enjoy writing this so that makes me really happy as a songwriter you know i'm not just mm. like sort of churning out any old uh crap <laughs> yeah <laughs> well you're mashing up these two very different very commercial musics from the height of the cd era you have the new metal style guitar stabs that come and sort of inject that moment of, okay, maybe this isn't just parody, maybe something serious is happening here. But the underlying material feels like it, it must be nodding to a, some specific kinds of music from the turn of the millennial era. What are some of those musical references you're making? Well, I feel like the charts were so chaotic in the 2000s, which I really love. Right. Even in the UK, like it was, I think it was like reality TV and reality music shows were coming about. So yeah, like the charts were really crazy. So yeah, I mean, you'd have, I don't want to say I was inspired by Limp Bizkit, but you know, you that was number one. Like Rolling was like number one for ages. Then it was like Evanescence and you had Tattoo. And then you had like the era of like... Um, Neptunes and Timberland were all over the charts. You had Mm. Justin Timberlake and Sierra and NERD. And that was definitely my favorite era of Mm. pop. It also, it was also the period which was the height of Britney Spears. And it feels like Excess has a nod to some of her music. Is is that intentional? Well, 100%. I'm always inspired by Britney. She was like my girl. Like it was Britney first, then it was Kylie, then it's Beyonce. But Britney was my absolute everything and only when I'm when I started writing songs where I realized like how the, how good the songwriting was and my first EP um Rena was very much inspired by the Max Martin style productions and I sort of shied away from it a little bit in the album but I still can't help but be inspired by her and she actually she is the reason why all the pop singers sound the way they do now you know like she set the blueprint for how female singers are expected to sing. And I definitely pandered to that for excess. How would you describe that quality? I always say like a really like demented baby vibe. Which I don't really like. I don't know. I liked yeah. it for that song. I always adjust my voice depending on what song right. it is. Like I sang Who's Gonna Save You Now, which is like a later track and, and it's very much stadium rock vibe. Like I sang that like as as though I'm a rock singer and sort of really mm. making the high notes quite shrill and quite like unpleasant in a way because that's how like male rock singers sing and get up to that high note. But then Excess is very much like referential to Britney and pussycat dolls and sort of the very very sweet top end heavy way of singing that's really right. become the staple for music now the song feels almost like an extension of give me more by britney spears yeah. 
I love that. Thank you. Biggest compliment ever. <laughs> <laughs> what is the sample at the beginning of XS? Oh, it's called Miyo, and it's a Japanese sort of old Japanese way of singing. It sounds it could it sounds almost like Indian, you know, but it's mm-hmm. actually sort of like this. I don't, I don't I don't even know what it is. It's almost like the Japanese equivalent of like yodeling, maybe. Mm. Um, and it's a very very traditional way of singing. If you watch like any kabuki shows, that's kind of how yeah. they sing. Yeah. Um, and no, yeah, it, that's the sample. It, in that way, because of it, it's sort of the the downgraded quality of it, it sounded it reminded me a little bit of the opening of Toxic in that way. Oh my god, thank you. <laughs> See, I can't help myself. I just I just can't help but put Britney samples yeah. in there. And honestly, like whenever you see any songs that are doing really well in the charts or like any iconic songs, they're just like I think people don't realize that they're just such like good songs. Obviously there's the marketing and everything like that and the video and everything and that's what makes it iconic, but at the core of it it's just a, an incredible incredibly written song and yeah, that's sort of what I always try and strive for, but it's sort of that blend of simplicity and complexity that's really hard to pinpoint mm. um in pop. I think it was just the music that I grew up listening to. Mm. Um and now sort of in hindsight and also I think it's the fact that you know, people back then and all the music back then is now like would be so cancelled and like would never happen again because it would just get cancelled. Um, like for what kind of reasons? Def- tattoo, for example, mm. you know, would not happen. I think like the Britney and Madonna kiss would just be like very questionable. I think there's some things that were like very much a product of like the 2000s um, and the mm. late 90s. Um, that yeah like i don't know if like the britney spears like any of those videos when she was really really young would happen again now they all seem ripe for reimagining and in in, in a new context i feel like excess really does that oh thank you yeah i don't know i guess like i'm trying to make something that uh might not ever happen again um sort of a bit more appropriate for the current era (laughs) (laughs) thank you oh thank you so much I really enjoyed this interview take care bye Switched on Pop is produced by Bridget Armstrong Megan Lubin Nate Sloan and me Charlie Harding we're mixed edited and engineered by Brandon McFarland social media by Abby Barr and illustrations by Iris Gottlieb our executive producers are Liz Kelly Nelson and Nishat Kerwa we're a part of the Vox Media Podcast Network reach out to us at Switched on Pop we love hearing from you what other new metal revivalists are you listening to also in our show notes I'm going to post the punk rock NBA video on what killed new metal really interesting i highly recommend it we'll be back next week with a brand new episode until then thanks for thanks listening. for listening hi i'm johanna ferreira content director of pop sugar juntos juntos is all about celebrating latin a culture pride our many intersectional identities and joy thanks to support from prime there's so much to get into over at juntos this month From conversations with the Latin A minds behind our favorite new movies and resurrected TV shows to thoughtful celebrity commentary and exclusive interviews with some of the biggest Latin music artists today. And it doesn't stop there. Get more of the music, movies, and shopping you love on Prime. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. 
Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more of whatever you're into from streaming to shopping. And get all of our latest coverage at PopSugar.com slash Juntos. Con amor, Johanna. Johanna. 